Welcome to Naturally Well, a podcast to help you live a healthier and happier life with a Nordic twist. I'm your host, Kate Turner, registered dietitian, personal trainer, Nordic Naturals nutrition specialist, and owner of Live Well with Kate. Today's guest is Dr. Christina Jarling, who is a physical therapist and health coach specializing in pregnancy and postpartum recovery. Cutting through the BS and teaching others the path of optimal health is her passion and saving mamas is her calling. After six years in the traditional physical therapy setting, Dr. Jarling felt boxed in by the break it then fix it mentality and was craving a more holistic approach to health and fitness. When she found herself blindsided by a brutal C-section recovery and difficult postpartum, it forced her to take action. She realized she first had to save herself from chronic back pain and hormone imbalance so she could learn how to teach and save other mamas. In this episode, Dr. Jarling shares her own personal postpartum experience and the mistakes she learned from, including including overtraining, undereating, hormone dysfunction, and her four-year journey with no menstrual cycle. We discuss what she did to heal her body and how she uses the tools she learned to help her clients feel just as good. Dr. Jarling does say, though, the one thing she did right was heal her core after having her baby, so she walks us through what is the safest and most effective way to do so. And as a special bonus, Dr. Jarling will take us through a breathing exercise you can do just hours after your baby arrives that will help start to heal your body. Christina, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you on. I feel like we were just over chatting before we actually jumped on. So I know this is going to be a really good discussion and I'm so excited to hear your story because I actually have not heard it. Um, so I'd love to just start off with how you got one, got into your industry, but then focused more specifically on pregnancy and postpartum health and recovery. And I know you have your own story to share. So just, you know, give me everything. Yeah. So, I mean, my story kind of leads me into how we got here. There's nothing that's a more motivating factor than learning by experience. So by trade, I'm a physical therapist. I knew I wanted to be a physical therapist when I was 14 years old. I dove headfirst into just becoming the best at my job, very type A. I'm sure you can relate. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I worked in like high level orthopedics for a really long time. And I kept seeing this wild trend of these female clients I would get and their hips and their SIs, like they were just the most challenging cases that I would get. And I'm like, there is something I'm missing here. Like there's a piece of the puzzle that's just not connecting they were all moms. And that was the thing I was overlooking um, because I didn't have my first baby until I was 30. So I was, you know, pretty experienced as like all of this was going on, but that was never an experience that I went through. So um, I guess at this time, like I said, I'm about six years into clinical practice. Um, I'd actually recently left the field of orthopedics and I was doing a lot more of my own thing at that time. I was working in home health and I got pregnant. I was a high level CrossFitter when I got pregnant. I was starting to teach a lot of CrossFit mobility because injury prevention and things like that just make me tick. Like health and wellness has always just been like that spark. Like I love the human body, but just fixing it wasn't good enough for me. Like that was never really just going to you know, keep me going. So like I said, I was a CrossFitter when I got pregnant. So clearly I had a very fit pregnancy and that was like all the rage then, by the way, like the fit pregnancy, like five years ago, like everyone was like pump the bump. And that was really great. I had a very healthy pregnancy. I was, you know, I have the education and know how to modify things And I felt like I did a really good job. I had an easy pregnancy. Then I had a C-section delivery. And I was not prepared for the other side of this whole journey. You know, I didn't have a ton of like prenatal education. I didn't even know that was a thing then. I was just, you know, working on my career and getting ready for baby and becoming like a working mom. Like that was like the vision in my head. And it was brutal. It was the biggest awakening I've ever had in my life. And 
all those women that had those hip issues and those nasty SI issues and all of those things wrong, it like slapped me in the face. And I was like, oh my God, I get it. I get it so hard because you have a baby, they send you home and they're like, good luck. Like, how do I find my way back from here? Like I can barely squat and get back up. I don't know how to move my body anymore. You know, your body adjusts over that nine and 10 months of pregnancy and you have that baby and all of a sudden, like you have no balance. You, you feel foreign in your body. That's, I used to say I felt broken, but I think it was foreign. I didn't know my body anymore. And that was very scary. And the ways that I used to be able to move my body were no longer available to me for that time period. It was almost like grieving my own own body. Like I didn't know what to do. I mean, I knew what to do because I was a physical therapist. So physically, I knew it would take time for me to get back. I didn't understand how long it would take. And I did a lot of things wrong. (laughs) So I went back to the gym at about four weeks with just, you know, some body weight stuff. Um, It was really hard for me going from a CrossFitter to someone who couldn't keep their balance just doing an air squat. And I went back to work at about eight weeks. And that I think was probably the most mentally challenging thing for me because I think I was more so grieving my own old life versus going, you know, leaving my baby. So there were just, there were a lot of mental health issues just in the mix there that were never addressed, completely overlooked. So I felt like this insane pressure to like get back to my old life and get back to my old body almost like, and I think it came externally and it came internally. So that's what I did is I went back to the gym and I went back to work and it was really hard on my body. I pretty quickly figured out I couldn't go back to CrossFit. So I was like, that's cool. I'll just go back to traditional bodybuilding. I'll get back in shape. I'll go do a bodybuilding show. So that's kind of how everything started for me was, you know, kind of continuing my fit pregnancy into a fit postpartum, which is not realistic. You know, we need a balance of a healthy healing postpartum. And that's what I preach more than anything to my clients, to the world. Anyone that wants to listen is, you know, that postpartum is a time to heal and recover. Um, And I didn't give my body that year and year and a half that it needed to recover. I continued to bodybuild. I continued to work. I ended up with some just absolutely brutal hormone issues. Um, I ended up not being able to get my period back for four years. Nobody really seemed to care, even though in the back of my mind, I'm like, this is not good. This is not going to work out well for me in the end. Um, And then when it finally all came to a head and I got really sick, I finally had a heal. So I think you know, it takes your body a year to heal from postpartum. And it's taken me four and a half because I did so many things wrong, but there was one thing I did right. (laughs) (laughs) And that was rehab my core correctly. That's that I knew how to do. That was what I did. Right. Um, but everything else was just such a brutal learning experience. And when I see like friends I know, or, you know, other bodybuilding competitors or other moms. And I look at them and I see myself like in them, like they're like, you know, six weeks postpartum, they're like, I need to get back to the gym. I need to go run. I need to do this. I need to burn that baby weight. Like my heart just breaks. And like, that's just what continues to push me to do what I do and educate on postpartum rehab and teach practitioners, teach anyone who works with moms that we have to take care of this body and let it heal. And that should be the priority, not bouncing back. Um, And yeah, so here we are. And my baby is five now. Oh my gosh. And I have finally recovered from that. 
And it feels so good to be on the other side of that just absolutely brutal journey. And I don't ever want anyone else to have to go through what I went through. Like, that's just not fair that we're letting that happen to women. Mom. Yeah. Can like, I, well, and I love Christina, just like, it's again, right. It's a mindset shift going from what pe- most people think of like that bounce back and getting your body back or going back to work and versus healing recovery, just that simple mindset shift. If we look at it differently can change everything, but I'm curious, can you give us and our listeners some specifics on what that, you know, four year period, some of the negative consequences of not focusing on recovery and healing, what did you experience? So one of the hardest things was I just continued to struggle with injury. I had chronic back pain for a long time. I've been an athlete my whole life. And one of the ones was just the physical implications on my body. So after pregnancy, even, you know, your body changes, tissues are being stressed as that baby is growing in your pelvic floor, in your hips. And after you have that baby, it takes time for those things to come back together. I describe pregnancy like it's like a knee surgery. You know, you had your baby, that was surgery. So now it's time to rehab. You have to let these tissues come back together. You have to let things heal. But the problem is people can't see that having a baby was actually a surgery, that there wasn't any technical trauma. But when you go back to activity too soon, you have tissues that are very vulnerable. And when you're putting more tension and pressure on them, you're causing these very small, just micro traumas in those areas. It's like the same with like nutrition. Like it's not the one cheeseburger that gets you that you're not going to feel that it's like that year of cheeseburgers that, you know, leads to some cholesterol issues. Um, So that is what really puts these women at risk for all of those pelvic floor, hip, low back issues that I was seeing in the clinic that were just taking so long to heal. And they were just nasty. Like you put that SI back, they come in the next day. You're like, I just put this back. Like why we're just not, you know, it takes so much longer to heal those problems when you just keep kicking the can down the road. Um, so I was pretty good about getting help. I was going to physical therapy about once a year, but I just wasn't able to maintain it. Like it was, it was just, I kept putting my body through so much with the gym and, you know, another negative effect was the gym was my only release. I did not have an understanding of mental health or what that even was. I was never screened for that or really explained postpartum depression, things like that. My only, you know, coping mechanism was the gym. So I just kept needing more of it, you know, like that, you know, one Advil is good. 12 is better. Right. And so that's really compounded my problem with a lot of the healing that had to take care of in my body, but also just the horrible impact that was going on with my hormones that I was completely unaware of, you know, the, the, um, the long-term amenorrhea, like not having a cycle is not good for your body, you know, not having those hormones that help maintain number one, your fertility, not having fertility after you have a human is a problem. You know, fertility is dynamic just because you had a baby doesn't mean it carries on. Um, and they just didn't know how to help me there. You know, my doctors were just like, you need to gain weight and exercise less. And I would do that, but it just wouldn't come back because that underlying stress I was not dealing with of becoming a mom. It's a lot. It's a lot, you know? So those were, those were some really, really hard things when my hormones finally bottomed out and I ended up with, you know, just a full on adrenal burnout. And it doesn't feel very good when you're so exhausted, you're asking your child to get you snacks because you can't get off the couch. That was kind of my breaking point. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Oh no. I, I mean, 
I'm sure so many women can relate. Right. And it's also, it's like, there's so much pressure put on women afterwards and we put it on ourselves too. Right. Like it's just, it's natural. And a lot of people too have other, you know, they have toddlers running around when they have a new baby and maybe they haven't even healed from that pregnancy and they're jumping into another one. Um, and it's just so powerful to hear Christina, like your story that it's tough. Right. And I really want to focus on now all the positives of what you learned, obviously, right? Like we learned from our mistakes, but how did you turn it around and, you know, come out of that burnout and that adrenal fatigue and get to where you are now, where you're like, so happy you're fully healed. Um, and now you're also teaching women how to heal their bodies postpartum. And I even want to dive in because I know you said the one thing you felt like you did correctly was your core rehab. So I want to touch on that too, but what are some of those things you did to get out of that adrenal fatigue and that you would just teach women in general now postpartum? I really had to sit down and face the mistakes I made. Like that was just so important for me to come to terms with, all right, girl, we made some mistakes. It's okay. But now we know that these are the things that got us here. And these are the things that we have to change. You know, you like the control, the stress, the over-exercising, that was, that was what really just like finally tanked me down. Like my body just finally couldn't take anymore. I'm just a workhorse. I'll just keep going. Like eventually my body will outsmart me and it just pulled the plug on me. So that was kind of the first thing to address is it's time to rest. It's time to let go of the gym and find other means to move my body and more restorative, more recovery. Um, but to be really take it seriously, you know, to just go straight into that recovery phase, just as you would after a surgery, you're not trying to go into the gym and hit PRs. You're trying to move your body with like therapeutic movement. That looks like walking. That looks like restorative breathing. That looks like yoga. Um, dancing is my favorite. I don't know if Kristen told you, but twerking is the best antidepressant you will ever find. Like <laughs> That was one of my biggest tools is like find something where you can just really be free and express yourself because control was my thing. And I think it is with a lot of women, especially if you're very type A, you're an overachiever, hard worker, um, and you just want to overachieve motherhood and everything else with it. Like learning that that, you know, was how I got there. So undoing a lot of those thought patterns, Um, getting help was of course the biggest thing I needed someone to really understand my story and where I was coming from. Um, and that's where Kristen came in, um, our mutual friend who is a health coach and she really helped me work through all of those thoughts that I had towards food training and just my own body to start to work away from those and understand them. Um, So teaching women to feed their body, just how important it is to be eating enough during pregnancy and then also in postpartum because moms are so busy. They forget to feed themselves. They forget to put themselves first. Um, You don't realize how much nutrition your body needs to heal. You know, you need- Especially if you're breastfeeding too. Oh, yes. And it's not 200 calories a day. Everyone who gets on the internet and says that, I'm going to find you and just shake you until you stop saying that. Like, yeah, you know, your body is so smart. Like learning to trust that body. It's like a mother's intuition. Um, It becomes even stronger. And like your body's telling you that. Like when I'm craving orange juice, it's because I need some vitamin C. And, you know, don't ignore those things. Um, so like I said, it was a big change with training. It was a big change with nutrition and it was a big change with my mindset, that mental health, um, learning to ask for help, learning to accept help, learning to say no, learning when you need a break, asking for a break, communicating with your partner, 
Um, and then going to therapy, that was one of the best things I ever did for myself. I don't know why I waited so long. And I feel like a lot of that, yeah, a lot of that could have been addressed at my six week postpartum appointment when I was like, so I can go back to the gym now. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, so those were, you know, those are the things that I, you know, along with, of course, strengthening your core, but if you're not having all those other pieces in place where you're coming from that, like therapeutic healing and recovery background, and just changing that mindset of it's not time to get your body back in shape. It's time to let your body heal. Um, it's funny. Cause someone the other day asked me, they're like, well, don't you miss looking like an athlete and this, that, and the other. And I was like, well, number one, I'm always going to be an athlete. And number two, like, that's not my intention right now. Like my intention is to restore my health, you know, keep feeding my fertility and get pregnant. Like I don't need to look like an athlete to get pregnant. That's like the opposite of my goals. So, and what, what even is looking like an athlete? That's, (laughs) there's no defined term. There's no defined image. Uh, There are athletes of every size figure. There are some also some unhealthy athletes too, right? So it's also about just having and being in a healthy body. I'm curious, Christina, with like if you are counseling now a new mom in terms of like core health, because you said you felt like you did that correctly mm-hmm. and pelvic floor health, what do you recommend women do after baby and when? Yes. So there is a method to the progression and having like something that's easy and tells you what to do is so nice. And that's really where my core program came in. Cause I was like, all right, it's really not nice of me to not share this with everyone and empower these women to let them know these very simple exercises and intentions, again, going back to intentions of where we need to be. Um, because as a physical therapist, you never just be like, do these exercises. You explain to your patient why we're doing these exercises. What is the goal? And then you of course feed it into, you know, what their goals are. So initially with, with postpartum, the most important thing to do is restore breathing. You had an amazing human shoved up into your rib cage. You don't know how to breathe correctly. And that breath is so tied to healing. I feel like, Kate, you probably know a lot about how our breath is tied into our parasympathetic nervous system, which if you're not getting into that parasympathetic, you're not healing. And that was a huge thing that I learned with my issues is I was never in parasympathetic. It took me four years to figure this out. That's why it took me so long to heal. And so what would breathing look like for that? Just in case people are wondering. Yeah. So let's do a quick breathing lesson. So your diaphragm is your muscle of inspiration. We, we hear a lot of confusion with like the belly breathing, so your, your belly doesn't drive your breathing. Your diaphragm does, and it sits right below your rib cage. Let's just pull this down just a bit so we can see right below that rib cage there. So when you're breathing, you inhale, it's going to expand your rib cage. And then you will feel some air move into your belly, but that is not the primary driver. And I have a lot of clients there. Everyone's a little bit different. Some people need to be sitting with hands on the rib cage. Mm -hmm, That's how I like to do it. Yeah. (laughs) I like to put my hands on my rib cage. Sometimes I have people lay in sideline and put their hands on their rib cage. Some people have lay on their back so they can breathe fully into their back because it is a full 360 breathing pattern. So and also get in front of the mirror and watch yourself breathe and watch that rib cage just open. And then from there, when you exhale, pushing that air all the way out. So restoring that rib movement, restoring that diaphragm movement. And just, it takes that time to like focus and calm. So you're getting too bang for your buck. You're getting those muscles because of course the restoring that musculoskeletal system is so important. Your body goes through a complete recalibration after you have a baby. So 
that's what you're initiating with that postpartum healing. But also, again, getting into that parasympathetic, that chill, that baby is crying all the time. You were multitasking. You were sleep deprived. Like you literally have forgot how to relax. Um, And it can just be so taxing on our mom brain. And it's just very stressful. And that feeds a lot into that postpartum like depression and just psychological distress there. Um, So breathing is the first thing that I teach moms. And then to build on breathing. I teach the transverse, those deep core abdominal activations. So they all build on each other. You want everything to be nice and easy. So from there, with your breathing, when you inhale and you expand that rib cage and then you exhale, now we're just drawing in through those deep abdominals, feeling nice and supported through our core, not sucking in but using that exhale to draw in, because if you're not doing the breathing properly, you're not going to feel that core activation. So that one, Christina, you're, you're also using your pelvic floor as well. So the wonderful thing about pelvic floor is all of these things are connected, your breath, your core, your pelvic. So when you're initiating the breath correctly and you're exhaling correctly, it's going to draw up on its own. That's the way the intra-abdominal pressure works together because it's all connected. And then if you want to pull on more, you can. I don't teach a whole lot of drawing in the pelvic floor because typically what's going on is people are very hypertonic there. They honestly don't know how to relax there. Um, So I start with those basics. And then from there, you can give cues for like, okay, pull the blueberry in, but you want to start with the breath in the core. And then that pelvic floor is like that tertiary. I feel like we're on a mission. We've had um, a few people on talking about postpartum health and core rehab and exercise. And it's like, I feel like most people think, which they're not wrong to think it right. Or why wouldn't they think that if they wanted to get their core back, (laughs) do crunches, right. Or do your typical ab exercises, but not realizing like really healing your core. So then you can have, you know, what, whatever your body looks like for you, that makes you feel good is actually really working those deep abdominal muscles. It's not about, you're not going to get your core back or heal it back at all by doing like your standard, um, core exercises or what we would think like a crunch or things like that. Yeah. And you know, like I said, I come from a physical therapy background. So like I have Mm -hmm. a very different, mindset and understanding versus a lot of like our fitness professionals and the way that they're teaching things out there, because you can't get something to be strong until you retrain it from those very baseline basics. And that's the thing about physical therapists, really good physical therapists need zero tools in a room because we are focused on teaching the activation and the understanding of the person connecting with their musculoskeletal system. I'm like, if you can't feel what you're doing, you're not ready to plank because you're going to go plank and your back's going to be arching. You're going to be shearing in your spine and you're going to be putting pressure in the wrong area. So I have a very just basic building block that I build upon from, like I said, the bottom of that pyramid is that core activation and that breathing. And that is something that I literally do every single day because number one, I love it. It feels so good. And it's so good for my body. Like it's in every single warm up every time I work out. And how soon after baby comes, could a woman start doing that? Or would you recommend for her to start doing that? So breathing immediately core activation, you can also do immediately. And then walking is the other thing I put in their programming. Okay. And then if someone were curious, and I know everyone's different, Christina, so you can't make like a general statement, but if someone were wanting to get back to like simple lifting weights, like not overdoing it, maybe going to the gym a little bit, when, when do you feel like is a good time for that? Because I always think six weeks is too early. 
let's talk timeline. Yeah. This is my Oh, I love that. So there's so many misconceptions about that. So we'll first kind of talk about timelines um, and things to avoid. So of course, core is first. So you always want to start with those core exercises. You can start those immediately as soon as you get home. Um, The things you want to avoid the first four months or anything aggressive like hip, plyo, running, the amount of my friends I have to see running at like six weeks pregnant that don't want to listen to me, I just... I just breathe through it. <laughs> I was like, they're going to come eventually. Um, but six weeks is very early in the return. So zero to six weeks is kind of how I phrase our initial phase. And that's, again, where you're doing your walking, your restorative breathing, um, just basic mobility work, getting shoulders to open. I typically give some butt squeezes, some bridges, um, some very like physical therapy, therapeutic rehab based exercises. Um, and I also recommend everyone first zero to six weeks, you must be getting in to see a pelvic floor physical therapist for someone to do a physical examination on you, check your pelvic floor. They're going to let you know if things are tight in there, if you need to do some stretching and where to really be specific to yourself. Um, that's what I send all my clients. You just an evaluation is going to set you up years ahead of time, but you need it in, in that like zero to six weeks. At six weeks, depending on your delivery, clearly our vaginal deliveries are going to be a little bit further along than our C-sections for many reasons. And just kind of depending on how you tolerate your C-section, I did not tolerate my C-section very well. I had a lot of pain for a long time. I swear to God, they stitched me clothes too tight. I was like bent over forever. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm just kidding. So I did have to do a lot of scar massage and I had a lot of do just like a lot of gentle low load stretching of like laying on my stomach until I could feel like I could get flat again. Um, but that's a point that you can start releasing back to just some like gentle resistance. Typically I'll add some like bands to bridges, like, yeah, girl, you can do some arm stuff. I typically have them sitting down so they can stabilize a little bit better. Um, but you can start bringing back some very gentle resistance. Um, and again, it's all predicated on like, okay, how are we looking symptom wise? Like, are you feeling like your form's getting really bad really quickly Did you work out and then your back hurt? Are you working out and then you're peeing on your leg? Like, let's track that feedback. So it's really important to educate people as they're returning to learn to read the feedback because that's where you're going to really start to be able to tailor things. Yeah. Not just think if you did, if you did pee a little during, right. During your workout when you're doing things. Oh, well, it probably won't happen next time. It's like, No, you have to listen and take that in and then come up with a different game plan. Yeah. Like I said, going back to that knee rehab, I know if I work someone too hard and they come back the next day and they're like, dude, I was like inflamed and really swollen and it was painful. Okay. We push too hard. We need to back up. So again, it's that mentality. But like I said, our feedback with pregnancy is a little bit different because again, we can't see that like that there was like a physical trauma. So we have to read those markers. Um, and just like how our energy level is too. Like, did you go do a workout and then you were tanked for the rest of the day? Like that was way too hard on your body. Cause you know, lifting and like exercise and training, that is like a physiological stress on our body. And the most important thing is again, healing our body. The first like 12 to 18 months need to be focused on recovery, just kind of depending on the athlete, like I said, I was a high level CrossFitter. It literally took me a year and a half to get back to like that type of level. Everyone's a little bit different. So once we get past that six to 12 and we kind of figure out where things are, that's where we can start to really progress a little bit and talk about like returning to our previous activities. Like, okay, I'm ready to go back to like my bar class or, Hey, you know, what's my deal with spin class. So you can start integrating those things back into their routine. Um, Typically they're going to have modifications at first, like, Hey, you know, when you're in spin class, you cannot be jacking up the resistance so high. You're going to throw your pelvic, you know, your SI joint out because it's still just not 
completely strong. You have to take those considerations in like breastfeeding. If you're breastfeeding, that relaxing hormone is still just circulating girlfriend. Things are lax. Um, you're more susceptible to back pain, pelvic floor issues. Um, and of course, like hips. And Christina, can you just, for everyone listening, can you just describe what like your SI joint is? Yeah. They're unfamiliar. So your SI joint is where your hips come in right here. I wish I had my skeleton handy now. (laughs) So where your leg bones, your thigh bone connects into your SI joint. So there are two sides to it. And then in the middle is your sacrum. So if you put your hand like right above your booty and you feel that like bone there, that's thick, those guys come in right there. And that joint is very loose. Because when you were pregnant, it has to open up so baby can come out. Um, And like I said, those women that I was treating that just had these really painful SI joints, your sciatic nerve comes right through there. And it is a big, thick joint. I'm sure you've heard the term sciatica before, the pain Mm -hmm. shooting down the leg. And it is a very challenging thing to fix when you just kick that can down the road and you keep assaulting this SI joint (laughs) with just too much activity on the front end. And like I said, if breastfeeding, we have to be a lot more careful there. So like I said, at about 12 weeks, we're typically ready by that, you know, three, four month period to start kind of talking about like, okay, how do we get back to some of the things Because a lot of those things are very self-care for women, like going to your Pilates, going to your yoga, Mm -hmm. your spin. Um, Some things we still have to hold off on, like the hit, Um, anything that's too, like jumping. Like I see women jumping around and I'm like, please stop doing that to that poor SI joint. It is not ready yet. Um, And, you know, there's working on just like single leg before we're working on things like that. We need to be more therapeutic there. Oh, I love that. But keep the feet on the ground and we're pretty good. Like that's <laughs> what I tell people. I'm like, okay, if you're about activities with feet on the ground, like that's a lot easier. You want to start jumping in the air. That's kind of when we have some discussions. Oh, I'm sure. And I'm curious because I know you said you kind of had the three part of, you know, just learning from your mistakes, but then also changing them with exercise, nutrition, and the mental health piece. I'm curious, what were your biggest aha moments nutrition wise working with Kristen that you were doing that you would not recommend women do and that you switched to? So let's talk about macro tracking real quick because it's a very popular thing. And then we even use it in like, you know, more of the therapeutic forms of nutrition. So my goal was always after I was done competing was to transition to an intuitive eating, a mindful eating way. Like it needed to stop. I was so good at tracking macros. It was so easy for me. It was such a great tool for control that I just took too far. And a lot of women take it too far. It can be a really good teaching tool. And I do teach a lot of women about macros, like protein, carbs, and fats, but teaching constant my fitness paling is not good for us. It doesn't create that trust with your body. Um, and that's one of the things that you have to be really careful for. And that's why with nutrition for pregnancy, I like to work with them when they're pregnant and establish those types of things when they're pregnant. So in postpartum, you're kind of just flowing into like an already established relationship and you don't have to really overthink or anything about that And your metabolism is in a healthy place. So you don't want to wait until postpartum to really get a handle on your nutrition. You want to be confident there prior and you don't want to start tracking macros right after having a baby. Like I see people do it all the time. I do not take any clients into a structured nutrition phase until they're at least four to five months after a baby. And again, the emphasis must be on eating enough, like teaching concepts of, are you fueling your body enough? Again, biofeedback, because hunger hormones can be really suppressed in the beginning with just your sleep deprivation and stress. So again, teaching them to read their body. Yeah. Did you find with yourself, Christina, were you 
did you realize you were under eating? Cause you were also, or you were exercising so much too. Yeah. I was a competitor. So like the things that I was doing, I will never hashtag health under any (laughs) bikini photo that I've ever put up. Like I always, I always just be very entertained by that when these bikini competitors are like hashtag health and their stage shots. I'm like, this is not a health competition. Yeah, no. (laughs) You know, this is a bikini competition. Um, That's one of the things that I am very, very vocal about. And I call out the bodybuilding community on this. When I see these women that are prepping for shows their first year postpartum, I'm just like, you are destroying your body and your hormones and you are setting yourself up. Like you're shooting yourself in the foot. And yeah. I see these dudes prepping these chicks and I just am like, shame on you. Like, this is not okay. Like this should not be done. I speak out a lot about it. Cause I'm like, this is not the time and place to do that. And, you know, whether it's competing or whether it's just like fitness, we do not diet women the first year. Like you don't do it. You don't do it. That body will come back to a place where it needs to be when you are feeding it, when you're arresting it and you're letting it recover. And it was kind of cathartic for me because I did so many things wrong. So, you know, helping my clients and just watching these, the progress they would make, you know, in these like four to six months after baby with just doing things the right way. Like it was just, it was the best feeling ever. It was like, okay, I, I went through all of this for the right reason that I could teach them. And it's, it's really important, I think, for women to realize, you know, so let's say you're breastfeeding, even if you're not right, mm-hmm. your metabolism still moving quickly at that point, but also you need to make sure you're fueling yourself. But then if you get to that three to four month mark and you feel comfortable getting back into a consistent exercise routine, mm-hmm. Hey, guess what? You got to add in more food because you're now expending more energy. And it's just that mindset of thinking about adding in versus constantly taking away. Whereas that's the mindset, you know, that I see with most women is, okay, once I hit like that three month mark, I am going to get into my exercise routine or if it's before then. And they're like, that's when I'm going to start really being good about um, my nutrition. And that's what I'm really going to be, you know, thinking about what I put in my body. Well, what ends up happening then is you're increasing your exercise and energy expenditure, mm-hmm. but then you're underfeeding your body. And also, you know, if you're still breastfeeding at that point, it has an effect on your milk supply too, which then that brings in the mental health piece of it because then so many moms are upset that, you know, whether then they're having issues. Yep. They're having issues breastfeeding because they're not producing enough milk because they're not eating enough. (laughs) Exactly. And it just becomes this never ending cycle. And I love, cause it really is exercise, nutrition, and the mental health piece. And you have to have a plan for each be flexible with your plan. Right. Because like for you, Christine, I'm sure you didn't know you were going to end up having a C-section and having, right. Like having to recover more from it be flexible with your plan, but you have to think through those things, or at least just acknowledge that those are all pieces of the puzzle and that you're going to have to address all of them. Mm. Sorry. What'd you say? You have to have that framework of, Hey, these three things I need to have eyes on. Like, am I feeding myself? Am I giving myself a mental break? Am I moving my body? And those are kind of like the themes I put on all three of those. But I mean, breastfeeding itself is a whole nother game. Um, You know, what I tell moms, I'm like, fed is best for mom and baby, no matter how you're feeding yourself, no matter how you're feeding your baby. Girl, did you just take down some goldfish? Good. You clearly needed a snack. Use that information. If you didn't want goldfish, next time reach for the banana. You know, we don't have to make it so complicated and we just think so much. And if I'm going to get my body back, I have to eat less. What women don't understand is when you feed this body, we are feeding that vitality organ of muscle and your body 
just straight cannibalizes muscle when you're breastfeeding to feed that baby. Like that's where that pregnancy pancake booty we talk about, like it's just going to take it from that booty. Um, and it just cannibalizes your muscle and that's not good for you long-term with babies get heavier, car seats are heavier. You know, you need to be able to take care of you and your baby, And it's not good for your metabolism when we're just letting it muscle be eaten through. So we end up with these body compositions that these women aren't happy with. And that was what happened to me my first like four months um, postpartum. That's how I actually did much better when I started going back to the gym and I realized how much I was under eating and I was like, oh my gosh. And within, you know, a few months of feeding back up, I got my muscle back. I felt better. I look so much better. Um, and then, you know, I totally went the wrong way when I was like, we're going to the stage, but, (laughs) but I mean, if it's a motivator for some women, the more muscle you have on your body, like, yes, it allows us to do many, do so many things, but if for anyone listening and they're like, yeah, but I still do kind of want my, my pre baby weight back or my pre baby body. Well, guess what? Muscle burns fat. So you want more muscle, but in order to have more muscle on your body and for muscle to be synthesized and created, you need, especially after moving to, you need carbs and protein. You need both. Mm-hmm. You can't leave carbs out. You can't leave protein out. You need a good balance. And obviously you need some healthy fats and other things, but it's not the time to be cutting carbs out completely. Yes, you can put them in strategically, Yeah, but you do need that muscle, like you're saying, Christina, and also that muscle is going to serve you in so many ways and it's going to serve your metabolism. And that's, what's going to actually get you with that long-term change. And then when you have baby number two or three or four, it's going to come easier as well. So I'm curious, Christina, with all the stuff we talked about, what are your daily non-negotiables in terms of your wellness routine or health routine? Do you have a few? It's so different. I mean, the old Christina used to be like, girl, I got to go to the gym and I got to make sure my nutrition is on point. Mm -hmm. Um, It honestly goes back to a lot of the things that we said, like breathing is non-negotiable. I get out of bed and I'm like, girl, learn how to breathe. Like take your time. Um, I get immediately outside as soon as I wake up to help wake up my adrenal system. Um, listening to the birds, letting the sun come up, whatever time it is that I get up. Um, and I need five minutes to myself every day. Yeah. Whether it's shake my booty, take a quick bath, sit and drink like a sparkling water on the porch. Um, you know, things that serve my physical and mental health are my priority. You know, how my body looks is not my priority these days. Um, and it's so interesting because I'm just such a happier person now. Like my family feels like they have, you know, their mom and their wife back. And it's just, you know, it's, it's what serves you. And that's really the biggest piece is trusting yourself to figure out what works for you. Like if you need help, find that coach that's going to help you figure out what works, what doesn't work and how to trust your body again. Cause I think that's what we really lose in that early postpartum where you're just like, I don't know what's going on over here. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love that. Well, this has been so great. We do love to end every episode, the little rapid fire Q and a. So first thing that comes to mind, um, first one is what is your favorite de-stressing practice or tool twerking? 100%. (laughs) I love that. Um, I created a twerking like online program because I had so many people asking me, it has been the biggest mental health tool in my recovery. Like I talk about, like, I call it like a healthy dose of twerk. Like (laughs) you go dance around to a song for just shake your butt for like four minutes. And then you tell me you don't feel better or like a queen. And yeah. Dancing is the best (laughs) release. I am right there with you. Oh my gosh. I love that too. And 
I love, this is why I love doing these rapid fire Q and A's too, because everyone has a different answer, but it gives people so many different ideas. Yeah. Um, so go twerk it out people. Uh, next one is coffee or tea. <gasps> oh my God. I used to be such a caffeine abuser. So like my tea, my, the blueberry chamomile tea that is the whole foods brand girl every day. So good. <laughs> I do love blueberries. So actually I may need to pick that up. You should. Um, favorite home cooked meal. (gasps) Anything Italian. I'm Italian. So sauce, like the Sunday sauce. Yeah. A little Sunday gravy. Yes. Um, oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Who doesn't want like, just like spaghetti meatballs and some red sauce on a Sunday too. Put your bread in it. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Christina. This has been so great. Where can people connect with you, find you, learn more about your core rehab program or maybe your twerking program? Um, just give me all the details. I'm a very colorful person. What can I say? <laughs> um, so my Instagram is kind of my main hub for everything. You can find me at Dr. Christina Jarling. Um, from there, you'll find out a lot about my core program, how much I love mobility, how much I love health and just being myself and being very honest about my whole story. So, um, through there, you can be linked through my core strength and recovery program. It is on my Podia website where I have all of my online and digital products. So if you want, um, if you want to get your core strong or you want to twerk it out, both of them are on there and linked through my Instagram. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Christina. And hopefully maybe we can have you back on sometime soon. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I hope you guys really just opened your mind to postpartum and where you're supposed to go. Tell your friends, talk to your girlfriends, check on your mamas because we don't like to ask for help. And thank you guys so much. Whether you're in the postpartum period or not, this week I want you to take a closer look at your physical activity and diet and ask yourself, are you overdoing it on exercise or are you underdoing it food-wise? It's so important during any phase of life, but especially when we are in a healing phase to make sure that we aren't putting our body under more stress by overtraining and or undereating. Your body needs the support and not the stress. And best of all, you'll see better results when your body is well-nourished. Thank you for listening to Naturally Well by Nordic Naturals. And remember, you can watch every episode of the podcast on our Naturally Well YouTube channel. If you want to know more about me, you can follow me on Instagram at livewellwithkate, where I typically live on my stories, providing a variety of daily health and wellness tips. Naturally Well is hosted by myself, Kate Turner, and produced by Andrew Steven. If you have any questions, please send us an email at podcast at nordicnaturals.com, and we hope to answer your question on air. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.